0: Presented by DogNation.com. This is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. I will say this to begin the show today. Admittedly, I am not in the world's greatest mood. If you listen to yesterday's show, you know that I was in a pretty optimistic spirit about what might happen with five-star wide receiver Luther Burden. As of yesterday's show, I was actually feeling pretty good about it uh you kind of go into the he was still feeling pretty good i certainly hadn't heard anything it would make me feel like hey things weren't pretty good with burden all the way around uh when i first saw the hats on the table for his ceremony i pointed this yesterday i was like actually that feels um that feels like a pretty good thing for me too now some of you said you thought the georgia hat looked like a gas station hat which is always the the big tail here the thing that i took from the hat ceremony and i will show you the photo of him throwing the hats in a moment but the thing that I took from the hat ceremony yesterday was, to me, it looked like the Missouri hat was, like, way off in Cape Girardeau. I mean, I didn't think there was any way he was going to reach all the way over here and grab that thing. But apparently way up north, they just must do things different up there in uh, Missouri, St. Louis area. And so that's exactly what happened. And there was some online chatter, like, right there at the deadline before Burden made his announcement that he was likely going to go with the home. I'll say home state school there on that with the Tigers. And that's ultimately exactly what he did. And as I said before, this is the kind of player that Georgia really needs. This was kind of representing a final frontier of sorts for UGA. One thing that Georgia hasn't quite done as much of is the top end, truly wide receiver recruits. You know, Burden's a top 10 player in the entire country for the class of uh, 2022. And these are the kinds of recruiting wins although George has lagged behind and given the success that George has enjoyed even though this has mostly been a story about the Georgia defense thus far this season given the success that uh that has also enjoyed offensively they've scored 30 or more points in every game but won this season you thought well maybe that's a early indicator they're going to win with a guy like Burton a burden in, in a way that maybe in the past they wouldn't have won a recruitment like this and ultimately that didn't happen and so for now That door for UGA hasn't quite been kicked all the way in yet, and we'll wait to see if there's a chance to happen or if there's more of a need for Georgia to demonstrate offensive success on the field to truly feel like it can win these battles. The other thing that comes up here is the the hat toss. The other thing that comes up here is the – and I will show you – the. I I took a screen grab uh, of this. The honest truth is I wasn't watching – the 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 burden commitment ceremony live i explained to our first and 15 audience a moment ago that if we had an up and running studio yesterday we would have done a regular show for this like per always but because we didn't have that we just weren't able to do the you know to do the 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 traditional show we we're able to do so since i knew i wasn't going to be working i went to dinner with my family and we kind of took this as a chance to get away of course i didn't fully unplug because i'm sitting there staring at my phone the whole time waiting to see on twitter what burden's doing i might as well just stay on watch the stream But the point is, um, I wasn't watching the stream. And so I didn't actually know for a little while that Burden had done the hat toss. But I believe we do have a picture of Burden putting the Missouri hat on, kind of tossing the the Alabama, the Georgia hats away. And it leaves some Georgia fans to be pretty frustrated about all of that, somewhat reminiscent of what uh, happened for Quay Walker back in the 2018 class. When he really did do, I'm talking about, that, that. I think that Tennessee had the Walker through at the time. I think that thing is still orbiting the galaxy. And then he put on the golf-style straw hat. That's always a moment that I uh, kind of enjoy in all this. I actually went back and dug up what Smart said about uh, Walker at the time. And I used to have this audio, like really old audio for some reason. I, just over time, I end up losing some of it. It's not because I deleted, I don't think I've ever deleted anything but um, but sometimes you just kind of you know lose the audio. So I couldn't find the Kirby audio on this, but I'll read you the quote from the time when Quay Walker did his hat toss way back then. He says about the recruits that do that, that's their moment in the sun and some kids know how to handle it and some kids don't. Each his own, Smart says. When they get here, we're going to try to teach them the correct way to handle some things and that's their moment in the sun. That's their family's time and opportunity to be on TV and give the University of Georgia some publicity and I'm happy for Quay and his family. Uh, smart says he wasn't watching the Quay Walker hat toss at the time. Uh, he says, I was watching 2019 and 2020 recruiting tape, which would have been the next two cycles of the time. So I didn't actually see it. So smart at the time said he wasn't too happy with what Quay Walker did. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. We were probably high-fiving over that as much as anything, you know, from a recruiting standpoint at the time, we were very much entertained by Quay Walker throwing that hat, mocking Tennessee by making the choice of UGA is also a flip away from Alabama, at the time there as well so we can't be too hypocritical right now when luther burden does some version of that pushing aside the alabama and georgia hats to put on the missouri hat and the honest truth is is for me it's actually not a degree of hypocr- hypocrisy i'm actually not that bothered by what luther burden did yesterday some of you are i understand why the emotions boil on something like that but for me my standard on this is pretty simple i have a very high level of tolerance for recruiting drama and a very low level of tolerance for players once they sign on the dotted line and they're no longer recruits. My thing is make your commitment ceremony as dramatic as you want it to be. Take all your official visits, flip. If you want to decommit from somewhere, if you want to recommit somewhere else, and then decommit from there, if you want to, I don't think you've ever heard me ever say, Hey, I'm tired of all the drama with so-and-so recruit. A lot of you do say that all the time. and I don't think you're wrong to feel that way. Different people have different levels of tolerance for lots of things in life. Some of you don't like recruiting drama, and I can understand to a degree why some people might feel that way. Recruiting drama doesn't bother me at all. I'm greatly entertained by it when it benefits Georgia, or also when it doesn't benefit Georgia, I'm at least you know able to, to process it and kind of be okay with it. Once a player signs with the school, at that point in time, I want the drama to end, and you'll never really hear me worry too much of, oh, my gosh, if so-and-so doesn't play, it's going to hit the transfer portal, or, oh, my gosh, if whatever, 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 you know, what, what's going on with this player – for the most part, I expect you, once you sign on the dotted line, to go be a player, be one of the 85 men on that roster and put your nose to the grindstone and get to work. And for those that have the drama-free life, they can be rewarded for that. The Channing Tennells, Latavius Brainies and players like that, they have quietly gone about their business at practice each and every day at Georgia. They're now being rewarded with really prominent spots on this team. That's, the, to me, the way that college football is supposed to work. I don't expect anything to come quickly for anybody. I expect everyone to have to work, and I expect them to do that without a really any degree of drama. And that's just the way that life should be, I believe, on the other side of the letter of intent. But I'm also the kind of person that says, prior to signing that scholarship, if you want to throw a hat, throw a hat. And some of you would say, well, I don't want any part of Luther Burden now, now that he's thrown that Georgia hat. I gotta tell you, I don't feel that way. If Burden decided later on, he wants to flip to UGA, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. But if it were to happen... The fact that he, uh, uh, the fact that he, <laughs> you know, threw the Georgia hat and the Alabama hat on uh, yesterday, that would not really factor in for me on all of this. If Burden goes to Missouri and as as miserable there as a lot of us assume he will be, given the fact that Missouri is a an, an also ran afterthought in the SEC conversation, and later on he decides he wants to transfer uh, to Georgia after that. Once again, I'd be there to shake his hand, welcome him in. The fact that he threw the hat would not really be much of a big deal to me at all on this. Uh, you know, recruiting has often been compared to kind of a soap opera, soap opera for men, sometimes it's called, although plenty of women also like following re- re- recruiting there too. Um, you know, from that standpoint, I'm okay with the soap opera. I'm okay with the theatrics. I'm okay with the drama. Uh, if anything, I think what Burton did to Georgia yesterday is not the worst thing that's gone down with UGA in some of these instances. I mean, I think we can think of a high profile example or two of maybe a recruit who really did kind of, um, set Georgia up to think they were going to win the battle only to maybe pick somebody else right there at the last minute in a way that seems somewhat orchestrated. If you think back over the course of time, there may be worse examples than what burden did yesterday, of kind of ratcheting up the drama to punish UGA. I think burden was just probably having fun and I think he's a pretty good player. I I wish he was there at Georgia in the class of 2022, but doesn't work out. And now you kind of shake things off. I will say one more thing about this. And we're gonna get ready to bring on Jeff Santel and do kind of a extended interview with him where we'll take all those audience questions. It was funny when I was sitting at the restaurant yesterday and I'm looking at my phone and you see the burden news burden going to, uh, going to Missouri. In my mind, I'm thinking, well, that's okay. If the worst my life's ever going to get is seeing Georgia lose out on a five-star wide receiver simultaneous to the Braves, enjoying a 5-2 lead in game three of a National League Championship series, they already lead 2-0. my mind, I was thinking, well, if that's as bad as my life is going to get, then uh, then things are, are pretty good for me indeed. Little did I know that shortly after the burden news going south, the Braves game would go south there as well. This is not a baseball show, so I won't talk too much about that. But it was one of those nights last night where, as a sports fan, I was feeling pretty lousy. That's part of the reason why we're going to have some fun with Jeff here in a moment because a lot of folks, not not, not everybody who watches this show is a Braves fan, not everybody who watches this show cares about what happened last night in the NLCS, but a lot of our audience does because I've heard from you on this already. So uh, Braves looking to get back on the horse today. Georgia, from a recruiting standpoint, looking to do the same thing, and so we'll give Jeff Centel a chance to help us do all that here on Dog Nation Daily in just a moment. Let me also, while we get ready to bring on, Jeff, do something somewhat impromptu, unplanned here for a moment. Something I am really in a good mood about. And we'll make this uh, uh, around the doghouse here today, presented by our friends at Rooms to Go, before I say hello to Jeff. This is, this is not planned. This is not something I was going to do, because it only happened a little while ago. But some of you have shared this with me, that um, in true hashtag JD to NYC spirit, um, I guess Paul Feinbaum goes on ESPN this morning. And really, I mean, you want to talk about almost reciting word for word the the exact stuff that we've been saying around here about why Jordan Davis should be a Heisman finalist here this season. That has now made its way to ESPN morning television. And folks, do not discount how big of a pricey piece of real estate that is. You know what a commercial would cost to run on ESPN on a morning show like that? This is... uh, This is certainly an example of this. Uh, This just happened right before the show. I don't fully have the audio to play for you, but let me see if I can bring on Jeff here for a minute. Uh, Jeff, unmute your microphone if you don't mind, and let me ask you, I'm going to try to play this through my own microphone. Tell me if you can hear this. Let's let's see if this goes over the air here for a moment, and if it does, let's see if we're doing well here. Hold on one second. I'm going to take my headset microphone off.
1: I think he deserves a lot of consideration, Grady, Are you getting that? uh, we don't see defensive players win the
0: Heisman often, or I believe just once, but it's not. Let's do this again. He win it, probably not. Is, is he the be-
1: He's the best player. He represents that defensive line, and I think he deserves a lot of consideration, Grady, because uh, it's long overdue. We don't see defensive players win the Heisman often, or I believe just once, but it's
0: not. So listen, that's not exactly the most high-tech that we've ever done here, playing audio off a phone into a headset microphone. But on a day which I could use a little good news, the fact that my talking points have made their way to ESPN morning television, I'll take that as a uh, pretty good piece of news here as we're around the doghouse presented by Rooms to Go. And Jeff, before we get into the recruiting news today, let me uh, get your thoughts on that. Uh, I do not mind the way that hashtag JDNYC has sprouted wings and it's taken flight.
1: I know, Brandon. Uh, it's funny how you use I don't those know Why I'm not getting
0: the audio here. Uh, Jeff, try it's that funny. again. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Uh trying that again. Uh, yeah, hopefully please. I'm trying this again and Brandon can hear. I can't. Uh, the uh, you know, it's funny, you use those powers, Brandon. You should you, you those dark magic powers you have, man. Uh it's, it's nice to see them you use them for the common good besides recruits on the recruiting trail. Um sounds like F bomb is uh advocating your talking points. And uh man, I think what you know, the the one point I don't get though is like Somebody goes – I think that was the the host when he said – I think that's Mike Greenberg. Is he said, defensive players don't win it. They'll never win it. He'll just be there and he'll be a token appearance. Um, there's really not a Sterling offensive juggernaut resume. I mean, people are talking about the running back at Michigan State when I don't know if a lot of people can even name that guy's name. Um I know everybody watching our show, uh, watching your show, can certainly do that. But I mean, what is it going to take? Is it going to take you know Jordan Davis having a goal line carry like Refrigerator Perry, or is he going to take? Right. A, is he going to need a pick six? Is he going to block more field goals? I mean, at some well, point, you, yeah, you got to get the Heisman moment
0: off. I mean, you know, a lot of these Heisman you know voters are simps. You got to get the uh, the the, um, the the offensive moment. Let him catch the touchdown pass. That way, he gets the tension for that. And to be clear about one thing. While I am very, very excited about the fact this is taking off, I don't want any credit for this. I, don't want the, I, I want all the credit to go to Davis for what he's doing as the leader of this Georgia defense. And Jeff, the, the thing that's been the most fun for me is, is hearing from our audience the ways in which they understand this. The, and, and you heard Feinbaum echo a, a, a kind of a version of this there as well. This is about a symbolic thing. Davis is really the – and the word I keep using here is the avatar. Davis is the avatar for what the Georgia defense is all the way around. It's a, it's a group that believes in the team concept. It's a group that is willing to sacrifice his own stats for, for the, the team glory. A lot of these guys have had to rotate during their Georgia careers. They're not on the field as much as they want to be. In Davis's case, he's only, only playing a small number of, uh, of of snaps for Georgia. The ones that he have played have obviously been incredibly impactful. But he's also spoken before about his desire to forego his own stats, to give stats to other people. Now, what really this is about is – is, is about Georgia fans recognizing that Davis is just simply representative of what the entire Georgia defense is all about.
1: Yeah, J.D., Junkyard Dog. I mean, I think he's so big he doesn't even need the chains around his neck anymore, uh, Brandon. And, and really what he is is he's the spirit animal for the Georgia defense. And he's a guy that you watch him – I think Cole Kublik does a great job of analyzing line play in college football, and he had one this week where he shared it across his social media – Because Cole was a pretty good center at Auburn. Let's not discount him for that. But he said something to the attune of, man, as a former center, this is just disrespectful, how how J.D. basically wins the battle in one gap and then traverses across to the other gap when he sees the running back choosing a hole, and he's able to make the play on both sides of that. I mean, this is really rarefied air. I mean, let's face it, Brandon, you could be making plays right now in the NFL. He came back to Georgia. One little thing I notice about JD before every game is I don't know, I don't know how I guess well versed or woke people are to this, but Jordan Davis comes out before every Georgia game with a head of steam, and he just takes lap after lap around around the field, around the perimeter of the field. He walks it all around. We can't call it the squared circle, Brandon, but that's what it sort of feels like yeah. when he's walking around. Sometimes he's listening to music. Sometimes he's zoned out in a zen like state, but much like Richard LeCount in previous years was kind of like the straw that kept stirring the drink for Georgia. I can really tell what kind of game or what kind of mood he's in by just watching him take those laps and also conversely how many laps he needs to take.
0: So let me give you one more thing on this. David Hale, good reporter for ESPN, gives us these numbers that Jordan Davis has played just 35% of Georgia's defensive snaps. When he's on the field, opponents average just 2.3 yards per drop back, with just two completions of 20 or more yards. Quarterback's been hit on 55% of the dropbacks when Davis is on the field. Meanwhile, opponents average just 2.8 yards per design run with just two uh, rushes of 10 or more yards, averaging just 1.09 yards before contact. So when Davis is there, he creates an opportunity for more pass rush to occur, and clearly he's a one-man run-stopping machine. And those numbers from David Hale, I think, speak to that story there pretty well, Jeff.
1: You know, we talked about that you said you needed, for the season, a lot of advocates for Davis were like, need to see a little bit more pass rush, maybe four or five sacks. Um, But what he's done, and I think he's got one and a half, maybe two sacks right now, Brandon. I guess he's trending towards that pace. But what he's really done when you add in these block kicks now is he's rolled the volume up on what he does as a disruptor and as a gap filler and as a – basically just he collapses everything down in the pocket – Uh, like really we've never really seen before, especially out of a Georgia Bulldog. And Brendan, he's going to be one of those guys that when I think this is Georgia's best chance to win a title, I say that because I don't think they'll ever have a plugger and a filler and a disruptor kind of like Jordan Davis will. These guys are just going to be so hard to find.
0: That is Around the doghouse, presented by Rooms to Go. And of course, I'm sitting here in my house today and I'm happy with how it's furnished. I I feel good having a house full of furniture and a lot of you just kind of didn't go in in life maybe you're just now freshly for the first time a homeowner or maybe you look around at a home that you think needs to be freshened up just a bit well whatever you need whether it's a single piece of furniture a full room that's after all what rooms to go is famous for just that accent piece for your decor whatever rooms to go has got all of that for you. you can start your shopping experience in one of their stores their showroom so much fun to visit because you can feel it you can touch it you can sit on it you can lay on it you can find out how that furniture is going to feel once it's inside your home or more Folks may be comfortable starting their shopping experience online, rooms2go.com for more on that, whether it's the living room where I'm sitting right now, the kitchen, the dining room, obviously bedrooms, outdoor patio furniture, stuff for kids. Rooms to Go has really got the entire repertoire available for you. So find out more, Rooms2go.com. That's the word to spelled out, T-O, Rooms2go.com on that. All right, Jeff, we're going to move into kind of a impromptu recruiting discussion with you. We'll still make it sponsored by our friends at Georgia Farm Bureau as we do so frequently on Wednesdays when uh, this portion of the program rolls in. But here's kind of what I wanted to do. Total transparency. There's a lot of disappointment. Obviously the Braves lost last night, really you know, relinquishing what would have been a stranglehold in the National League Championship Series. Georgia misses out on a five-star wide receiver. So I think the people are just in the need to be in a little bit better mood by the time this show is done today. Hopefully, we can provide people that opportunity. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to open things up for questions, people on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, whatever else. Um, And we'll just kind of do kind of casual recruiting talk here about what everybody else wants to address. And then we'll see where that goes. And for our podcast audience that feels like maybe you uh, you missed out on this chance to ask your own question to Jeff, when Jeff comes back on Friday, we'll do a version of this again. And so if you want to tweet at me or hit me in the comments section with a couple of those, when we post the podcast dognation.com we will do some podcast listener questions for this on Friday because today will mostly be dominated by our video audience so I think this will be a fun way to just be in a little bit better mood when the day is done than maybe we are right now just given the disappointing sporting moments of last night so Jeff let me start with this and before we kind of start taking those questions in the audience Luther Burden chooses Missouri instead of Georgia I told our folks that you know, had we had a normal studio set up, we would have been live for this and I would have been disappointed for this right on air. I went into the day feeling pretty optimistic about burden. There was obviously some late last minute online chatter that kind of sent this thing in the other direction, but from your perspective, how did it end up that a burden was going to go to Eli Drinkwitz's school as opposed to the one down here?
1: Yeah, it's one of those things, Brandon, it happens in, in recruiting, uh, I think he told a lot of people where he was going and I think he told a lot of people different things. Uh, You know, when I was on the scene with him a couple of weeks ago in St. Louis uh, I kind of got an inkling about, you know, Hey, I need to do my job. Well, I need to go up there and tell a really good Luther burden story because he's really in it thick with Jordan with Georgia. And uh, you know, you heard some things there, you heard some things about, um, you know, there was a lot of stories that, you know, should things went in Georgia's way, a lot of folks were going to get a, get a chance to read. Uh, It was just like, whenever the subject of, and this was kind of even before that I was identified to myself as a reporter from Atlanta, a lot of his teammates were like, when the subject of Georgia came up, uh, I remember there was a, there was an interview on the field after a game and he was talking about uh, his next few trips and Georgia's official visit came up and his teammates around him all started barking at him and saying, go dogs." Mm-hmm. And uh, you know it's funny. There was a there was a there's a cornerback on the on the East St. Louis team, and we're going to see them on Friday against ING Academy, or at least I will. And uh, he was talking about the, one of the reasons why that Luther moved to Georgia or moved to East St. Louis for his senior year, because uh, he he wanted to get you know that iron sharpens iron. He wanted to go against a great guy every day in practice to make him better, a key mentor, and obviously Georgia checked the box there. A key mentor also told me that the one thing Luther is going to look to do is to win. He wants to be surrounding himself by winners. Uh, he wants to go to a team that has a chance to win championships. He, wants to, he knows he's going to play well in college. He knows he's going to be a pro. That's the confidence around his circle. But they want him to enjoy his college career while doing it. They want to, Does he have, they want the internet? to have fun, too.
0: Does he have the internet? Has, <laughs> he, has he seen things I've, I've gone from Missouri
1: over the last few decades? Carrier pigeon, I guess. I mean, Brandon. This might be the first time in history that an unofficial visit for an SCC school while they're hosting North Texas results in a commit. Because afterward, mm-hmm. um, afterward, you know, one of the things that uh, he said was he said that he knew after that unofficial visit to North Texas that he wanted to be a Tiger. Okay. And that his mind was kind of set. He said it was a family decision. He said Georgia made him think, but you know, then the questions came, and the questions were. Hey, this is still just a verbal commitment. It's not binding. You know, is this hundred percent? He said, yes, he's it's hundred percent. He's locked in. He talked about going to go recruit for the tigers now. Um, so certainly, but I got a funny story too. I, I got this message from like three or four different people immediately last night. And I want you to try to hold back the cackle because the, the gist of it was Georgia people were saying, uh, and not Georgia, Georgia staff people, let me right, have an yeah. important clarification here. Uh, Georgia people were saying, well, That's okay. We don't need a five-star, quote-unquote, we don't need a five-star to win anyway. We'll just throw the ball all the time to our playmaking tight ends, and that's how we score all our points. Right. And I just just thought to myself, man, funny how things have happened, Brandon, where the fan base is now thinking, we got our players. We got our players at tight end. So we really don't need the five-star receivers. We can just make money and get down the field by by hitting the ball at the tight ends. And I was like, what year is this, man? What year is this? Is this Georgia football we're talking about?
0: So questions are pouring in Tim Tatum on Facebook, Randy Hall mentioning the name Kojo Antwi. Uh, Antwi has been spotted back in Athens again recently. How much does a guy like Antwi come back into focus for Georgia after the burden news? And I guess I'll add, what does this mean? If anything for Andre green jr. Who's the other receiver that'll show up in a discussion like that?
1: Yeah. So there's uh, the names that are floating about, I guess you would have to elevate Kojo Antwi to the top. Uh, are one of the top. I know Andre Green's a guy that continues to look hard at Georgia. Uh, Georgia is one of its top three schools. Uh, there's a, there's a name of a uh, young man out of Dutch Fork, South Carolina, Antonio Williams. That's another guy. I think one of the things that does Brandon is it everybody was trying to get creative and like how many, like, like, let's say Luther burden was coming and how in the world was Georgia going to wedge or shoehorn all these receivers into the class? You know, you still got Dylan bell, you still got Cole spear, you still got Denial Morris set, And then what happens with the flirtations with Luther Burden or Andre Green or even Travis Hunter? I know the name Shaz Preston comes up a lot as well, but um, I don't think he's going to LSU anymore. But I don't I don't know if he's going to the Georgia versus Alabama. I would say think Alabama there. But you see all these names populating. But you got to remember Antwi, part of a loaded room, uh, potentially in high State uh Oscar Delp told me uh that was the guy he was going to go after and recruit target for Georgia he's made a couple of they've had
0: a personal relationship with each other
1: yeah those guys are boys uh I think he he raids everybody's snack pantry all the time uh Antwi is probably pilfered that the Delp snack pantry at least a couple of times but um in state uh, he's being honored this week as an all-american certainly I'm sure Brandon, you saw the t- the tweet or the social media last night from uh, Mizzou football about shooters are going to shoot. So oh, uh, a school like Georgia, as as advantageous and as attractive as they are right now, especially at the receiver spot, uh, they're going to go after the top players in the country.
0: Uh, on a different subject, Frank Patterson on YouTube brings up the name Shamar James, recent as of this morning, decommit from Florida. Uh, where does Georgia stand in this? Obviously, James has liked some stuff on social media lately related to UGA, but I guess there's also the thought of the in-state pull for the University of Alabama now for James as well upon decommitting from Florida. So what do you make of Shamar James at the moment?
1: Yeah, it's funny, Brandon. One of the, one of the routes that a guy like me tries to figure out how this class could close and potential timelines for everything and you know, one of the ways Georgia would get to the nation's number one class would be, I guess, swiping uh, Florida's top-rated commitment. Yeah. I've been talking to Shamar for some time. Shamar has long-standing ties that go back to the University of Georgia. It's something we haven't really written up or reported yet because we wanted to, we wanted to creep into this story and see how things went. And I think Florida has kind of dissolved to the point where Shamar wants to back up. Brendan, he, this is the type of guy that at one point was being recruited by Georgia to even play offense. That's how skilled he is. He's a top 70 recruit. I think he's the nation's number 70 uh, overall prospect, number 10 linebacker. Uh, Should Shamar James wind up at Georgia, people are going to start asking questions like, what happens with C.J. Washington? Nothing happens with C.J. Washington. What happens with Jalen Walker? Nothing happens with Jalen Walker. I think you would kind of see Georgia look at the innate athleticism for Walker and say, hey, man, either you can probably try and play outside a little bit or kind of freelance between both spots. I think Shamar James is that type of athlete, Brandon. He's got good film as a wide receiver for his program in, in Mobile in that area in uh, South Alabama. And, you know, I think a lot of people are wondering, I'm sure this thought has crossed your mind, what, what would take this sting out of the Luther Burden news? Oh, just go ahead and take Florida's top two commits and add them yeah. to the Georgia 2022 class. I think, I think you're, you'd be keen on that.
0: Well, when you say top two, the other name you're obviously referencing there is Julian Humphrey, the defensive back cornerback, we'll call him, who's been at Georgia, also been pretty complimentary of UGA in the days since then. So does the James situation also foreshadow Humphrey?
1: I think what it does is it, make, it makes Humphrey look around even further because right now, Brandon, you know who's the highest rated commitment on Florida's board? That's Julio, James that's Julian Humphrey.
0: Humphrey. Yeah, Humphrey ahead of James, you're right, my bad.
1: Yeah, you take, you take James out. And, you know, one the thing I want to add on James is uh, he's been talking to Georgia for a long time, even while he's been a Florida commitment. Um, deep conversations. I mean, deep in the woods conversations with both Kirby Smart and Glenn Schumann. So it's going to be interesting to see how that one plays out for sure.
0: A couple of folks on Facebook a moment ago, and I apologize for not seeing the names anymore, but uh, asking uh, Travis Kelly, uh, one of these guys, and others asking about Bear Alexander, Isaac Cruz there as well, asking about Bear Alexander. What's the latest on Big Bear? Now that he's at IMG Academy, of course.
1: Yeah, so I think this situation, uh, you want to go arrow up, arrow down, arrow sideways. I think arrow up might be the way to look at things right there with Bear Alexander in Georgia. I think this thing is going to go until January the 2nd. That's when he makes his decision. But I think a lot of the leverage, uh, like football, the interior line play is a leverage game. I think Texas A&M has lost its best – Hand placement and leverage uh, with Big Bear Alexander, and I think there is a there is a growing sense of confidence that um, this is no longer Texas A and M's recruit to lose. I think uh, what this has done, the location factor is done, as I think it makes Bear Alexander, Big Bear Alexander, a viable a viable potential addition to the Georgia class for 2022. I still think things got to get down the road. Remember, he's still got an official to take left to both schools. Uh, to both Texas A&M and Georgia. He took a visit to Texas A&M right after the visit to Georgia. Both of those were unofficials. I think it's going to be very interesting down the stretch.
0: Leah Sral, I hope I pronounced that name correctly on the Facebook comments section, mentions the idea that even though Alabama was a hat on the table for Burden yesterday, the truth is there was never much of a public push on the part of Alabama for Burden. Why do you think that is, Jeff?
1: Well, I think one of the things is he, when he did his tour when he went around this summer and he visited a lot of places, I don't think there was a lot of mutual reciprocal love between alabama and uh and luther Burden the third i think it was kind of a name brand type thing everybody wants their top three to look very shiny and very impressive it was it was interesting brendan because one of his best friends who's also from that area jamison williams is now starring at alabama as a wide receiver um and that's one of those things that people can kid about it but it was interesting that he grabbed both the georgia and the alabama hats and tossed them at the same time and I'm sure there's a joke there about somebody looking at that and saying, hey, at least Georgia's on a level playing field with Alabama that both their hats get flipped.
0: Yeah, listen, I said this before you joined us, too. I don't care a lick about throwing the hat. Um, I'd take burden burden tomorrow. Um, Like, my tolerance for recruiting drama is pretty high. Now, I don't want drama with guys once they sign at school. Once you sign your school, you need to get to work and put your nose to the grindstone. But – when you're when you're recruiting you should have the most elaborate ceremony you should use a live animal to make your commitment you should throw a hat you should do whatever you want like i really don't care when quay walker threw the tennessee hat i was the happiest guy in the world when i'm not going to necessarily mention names but when certain recruits have seemingly made georgia think they were going to be the one that got the uh, announcement only to be kind of led on and like publicly basically dismissed at the last minute i was upset about that but once again If you're going to play the game, the door's got to swing both ways on this, right? I I just have a fairly high tolerance for recruiting drama. And whether it be as a one-time eventual transfer or as maybe a a flip on signing day, whatever were to happen, I'd still welcome burden with open arms. Like this kind of stuff just does not get me all that bothered.
1: Yeah, um, speaking from experience, Brandon, this is kind of a low-grade type theater for recruiting day, hat day, theatrics speaking from experience, I've seen a guy that, um, and I, I, well, if this ever happens, Brandon, I would love, we would have a camera on you, but like, I've seen a guy, uh, with the in-state school toss the in-state schools, uh, hat in the trash Mm -hmm. and it's literally a garbage can off to the side and that hat went in the trash. And then he starts talking about his decision and he's got the other schools gear on. I mean, he's taking questions, Brandon, like a lot of folks are, they've hit the button that story's out. And then he's like, Hold on a second, this just doesn't feel right. And he like unzips his jacket, which was the other school's committed jacket, and he's like, he taps his heart and he's like, no, 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 this is where it is. So he totally did a reversal transition, all you TikTokers out there at the podium answering questions. And he pivoted from school A to school B like a good minute after he put the hat on.
0: So here's what you gotta be careful with that if you do that too much it's sort of like Lex Luger during his wrestling career like if you go from being a good guy to a bad guy to a bad guy to a good guy eventually nobody cares anymore so it's like if you try to swerve people too much and if it's too much of a swerve now they're just confused and so it actually does like I don't think you can do a double swerve you can swerve one good time but you can't do a swerve come back and do a double swerve now nobody knows for sure what school you're going to right so you got to be really careful about
1: doing a double swerve you know other thing to add on burden which I think Kind of sets the ground for Burden because everybody. I see some comments about flips and oh Georgia's going to get him or wait till Georgia crushes Mizzou fifty-five to seven and then he'll think otherwise. Got to remember here, Burden was committed to Oklahoma for like ten months, started taking visits, uh, backed off that, decommitted from Oklahoma, and you very rarely see a guy decommit from two different schools, especially with the local school involved. That I'm yeah. not saying it will never happen because everything will happen, but it's going to be the likelihood of that are very it's very low.
0: I think that's fair. It's our uh, technically this is our Georgia Farm Bureau practice report, but we're talking recruiting instead of practice. Either way, though, Georgia Farm Bureau one to turn to because one of the things they understand is just how valuable your vehicle is to you. Right, you're a hardworking person. You're going back and forth to work, and dependable transportation is a huge part of your life. And obviously, that also includes dependable auto insurance for the vehicle that matters to you, the vehicle that gets you where you need to go. And that means you want an auto insurance provider that keeps its promises to you. Well, that's what Georgia Farm Bureau has been doing for its. Clients go back to 1959. I mean, this is a company that's been taking care of folks in the state of Georgia because those Georgia Farm Bureau agents live, work, and play and, 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 and thrive in communities just like the one that you live in all across the state of Georgia. And they want to take care of for your auto insurance there as well. Friendly claims adjusters, local folks on the scene, able to really walk you through every important part of the auto insurance process. So make sure you check them out online for more on that. It's gfbinsurance.com. That's GFB insurance. You can find out more about Georgia Farm Bureau here today. Um M- head said, asking me if it was a shoot or a work. Yeah. I then yesterday uh, uh bird may have been involved in a little bit of a work there. Uh, Mike Johnson says, nobody ever throw, ever throw a UGA hat in the trash. I mean, the thing that's worse to me, uh, Mike and Jeff, back to you, when it comes to the to the the Hathrow is, and as I said before, when the recruit – and I'm not going to mention any names here – but when the recruit tells everybody the night before, the ones that really matter, the coaches usually, uh, that he's coming to Georgia, when that's all – you know, about a, a, a work. When that's all an elaborate work, come to find out the next day that maybe he led them on intentionally to make them think they were getting the guy, only to announce the other school, that's the thing that um, – that I think really left you know leaves you stung as a fan, the, the the player that maybe just can't tell any coaching staff, no, that's actually fairly more common than you might think, where everybody gets told yes and the recruit goes into the ceremony and does what he needs to do. That, to me, is probably not all that uncommon of a thing. But it's the other part that really stings when you feel like the whole thing was just a setup to make you think you were getting the guy, which I don't think the burden thing necessarily was.
1: Yeah, and sometimes it's just hard for these young men to, to tell people no. Uh, and they leave it ambiguous. But, like, um, you know, it, it's one of those things I've learned in many years of doing this, Brandon, that you got to have layers. Like, you know, so, sometimes I read all this stuff out here about all these players, and I'm like, well, that's not right. I know that's not right. Why are they going with that? But it's like you got to have layers, which means there are people that are on po- point contact A, which is team A side, and they're the insiders or whatever. And then there's team contact B or team contact C, because usually – What this is, is a marriage or a gumbo of half truths and truths where you kind of figure it out. You've got to have high school coach. you got to have family of the recruit. you got to have mentors of the recruit, fellow teammates. And then then all those sources you have in this business by building up relationships, all that kind of comes together and you stir it up together and you kind of figure out what's the most likely scenario for a lot of these guys. Sometimes it's very easy. Sometimes one guy gets the news and then everybody else piles on it. So they look like they're very smart um and then other times you just got to go to like I'm, i almost sound like i want to call it the six degrees of reporting kind of kevin bacon style to really find out what's going on
0: uh william carter says what's the feeling on jaheem singletary right now
1: brandon we gotta we gotta get a new name for him his name is slim i don't know if you noticed this slim singletary like maybe like the that. real slim shady uh, i like he, that man he's man he is slim he's about 6'2 180 pure cornerback type guy uh, and he was at Georgia over the weekend, looked like he was having a ton of fun, looked like he already was, you know, had his name on a locker. That's how happy he looked to be a yeah. Georgia Bulldog. Uh, that's a guy that um, Singletary, remember, he's already taken his official. He was back in last weekend for a great official. And it's funny, Brandon, it's so much a slim thing that it, his name tag, his badge as a, as a visitor for the University of Georgia this past weekend didn't say Jahim. It said Slim Singletary on it. Brandon, we get lost in the weeds here, but... Any other – well, I say any other year, but a lot of years, Slim Singletary would be the guy everybody was like like this about.
0: Yeah, for sure. But
1: then you've got Kamari Wilson, you got Christian Miller, you get got Mikael Williams. Speaking of Mikael Williams, there will be an update on Mikael Williams up on dognation.com Good. as well. Good. Uh, got a lot of content coming. Five-star AJ Harris, five-star LT Overton. Um, off week for the football team, but not an off week for the recruiting gap.
0: So I don't say good things about Auburn very frequently, but one of the things they do that I think is semi-cool is they will put the player's nickname on their official roster. Like, if you go to, like, Auburn official website and look at their roster, like, it says Smoke Monday. Like, Big. I like used to say Big Cat Bryant. Um, like, yeah. it's like the and-one all-stars. Like, their, uh, their roster is just nothing but, like, nicknames, or at least there are a lot of nicknames on there. Um, I don't mind that, especially in the NIL world we're living in now. If the player wants to be known by his nickname, if Jaheim Singletary wants to be known by Slim, I'll absolutely call him Slim. just Slim Singletary is fun to say. Sounds like a, a pool legend from like the 1940s or something like that. Um, I don't have any problem with uh, with calling him Slim Singletary, really calling any of these guys by their nickname if that's what they want to be known for, especially if it's a cool sounding nickname. So that's like the one semi piece of credit i'll give to auburn i think the fact they've taken the nickname thing as far as they have like on the video board like it just says smoke monday on the video board uh when they when uh, monday's announced as a starter i don't have any beef with that whatsoever
1: yeah i think one of the things that makes slim such a viable candidate for this class is brandon it's funny a lot of recruits i talk to are looking at how amazing george's defense is but then they notice like dan jackson for instance or they notice uh Jalen Kimber's out they notice the corners that Georgia's working with right now are their third and fourth corners and as good as this Georgia defense is folks and everybody uses the word historic very accurately when they look at or generational very accurately with Georgia's defense there's some spots where in most years Georgia would have a better player uh, at certain key spots in the defensive grid than what they currently have
0: uh well I want to try to bounce through a uh few more of these here real quick brian mcphail asked about travis hunter what is the realistic chances that hunter could flip from florida state to uh georgia and follow the path that is it alubah is that how we're saying his name Aluba. Yeah. Yeah.
1: uh following yeah. the same path that Aluba traveled i think it's a different path for uh, travis hunter versus uh versus alubah um another guy we're going to see uh at img img academy when they face east st louis on uh on Friday, not to mention the big miles of the offensive tackle in the 2023 class at East St. Louis that was also at Georgia this past weekend, had a great time at Georgia as well. But, you know, Hunter is a guy, I, listen, this is one of those guys where, you know, recruiting guys like me will say, Oh, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Um, but we know at the same time that anything is possible and anything can happen with these guys. But if you want to put the degree of difficulty on this one, uh, let's just say this, if, If Kirby and this staff manages the flip on Hunter and like we say, the door just cracks a little bit, uh, just a little bit slivers here. But if if they ever pull this one, that's just going to be like drop the microphone. There will be no tougher recruiting pull for Georgia than the one here that would be uh, Travis Hunter. We would set the degree of difficulty here at about an 11.5. And this would be the flip of all time if it happens. And that's why I'm saying Georgia fans, folks that care about this team near and dear to your heart, that's one of those you should not invest a lot of emotional capital into.
0: Mickey Brady says, what about Smoke Bowie? We haven't talked about Smoke here in a uh, little while. Obviously, it also came up earlier. When, you know, A&M got the big win against Alabama a couple of weeks ago. How does that impact, whether it be Alexander, who we've already talked about, but in this case, let's just keep the buoy. You know, What is the latest on uh, Dion Bowie here? Another guy that could have a nickname on the video board at Georgia wouldn't be a problem for
1: me. Yeah, Smoke uh, Smoke Buoy is interesting because I think his recruitment now becomes become, becomes very complicated. Uh, not just because it is um, he's currently committed to Texas A and M, and he's about to take an official visit, I think, this weekend to A uh, and M as well. The complicated thing there is, Brandon. We just mentioned Slim Singletary. We've mentioned Julio, Julio Julian Humphrey out of Texas. Uh, two guys that were one guy's currently committed to Florida. Uh, one guy was one time committed to Ohio State. These are both very good fits, very great DBs nationally. And you wonder how, how well Georgia is doing with those two guys, how much it will impact the intensity of the recruitment there for, uh, for Smoke Bowie. And again, he's a guy that um, was in Georgia a couple weeks ago, looked, looked like he loved it, looked like he had a great time. Uh, I, think, I think a thing to watch there is also um, Big Bear Alexander because those mm-hmm. two are pretty close, pretty impactful I think what happens with Bayer could also could also at least have some, some at least significant or medium-sized uh, effect on Smoke Buoy's uh, recruitment. One of the things I want to point out for everybody, I'm hoping they're noticing it because it seems odd and uncommon to me, but Brandon, there's a lot of guys, let's roll, roll off, five-star level guys, and really they're just down to two teams. Think about it for a second. Christian Miller, Ohio State and Georgia. Mikael Williams, USC and Georgia. Yeah. Spoke to Mikael this week and – Really, I think that the last remaining thing for Mikel Williams is he's going to take a second visit, official visit in in January, excuse me, in December uh, to USC, and that's going to go a long way about his final optimum decision. Uh, you keep going down the list, Big Bear Alexander, look at it. It's either Georgia or Texas A&M. Uh, I guess we could say for, for Travis Hunter, it's either Florida State or Florida State or Georgia. Um, he's not visiting any other school besides Florida State, but with a lot of these guys, Brandon, we're so used, especially in November, late October, we're used to that big target having four or five schools or three or four schools. And really, it's a two-man race for a lot of these guys. And really, Georgia is sitting, sitting pretty high as they've ever been uh, as far as program prominence uh, in terms of maybe winning these final recruiting battles. Kamari Wilson's another guy. Kamari Wilson is a guy that you got to think um, – you know, that really is a guy that he's done some Texas A&M. He's going to take a visit to USC. But really, it feels like Georgia is a school prominent in there as well. And another guy, another guy, Slim Singletary, man. We, we got yeah. to throw his name in there, too, because I don't know how much of a degree of, of Florida or Miami are in that recruitment. But really, his teams that he has kind of put out there to say, these are the teams I'm really interested in is Georgia, Miami and Florida. And, well, you don't need a dissertation about how those are the two programs are going right now.
0: You know what's also really, really weird, too, is is that we think about, like, the top ten players in the country typically going to either Georgia or Alabama or Ohio State. But right now, that's not the case. Like, a lot of the schools that are winning with the top ten players in the country right now are actually pretty bad teams. Like, talking about Travis Hunter, currently committed to Florida State. We'll see if that sticks. Walter Nolan might go to Tennessee. That's not a, you know, a great program. Travis Shaw is currently committed to North Carolina. Obviously, they've really struggled. You know, Burden is committed to Missouri. He'll be lucky to play in a bowl game there. And, you know, on and on you could go where – you know, who knows what Shamar Stewart does, but there's been some thought they might go to Miami, but it's another example of, this is kind of a weird recruiting year in that the schools that are currently either, you know, commonly linked to the top 10 guys, or in some cases act outright commits, these are not dominant football teams that are that are currently winning with the top 10 recruits in the country.
1: Yeah, I think it's probably some, a little bit of this is the after effects, or the Kind of the echo effect of COVID and pandemic recruiting. A lot of these guys built relationships over Zoom, and where these big boy big boy programs didn't have a chance to separate themselves based on facilities, stuff, infrastructure, staff, and that's that kept a lot of those smaller schools in it for a long time. With a, a lot of these guys on the a lot of these guys on the list, and it's it's kind of funny when you sit there and go, you know, really the top three right now. I think the top three goes Georgia, uh, Penn State, and. and And then um, Alabama kind of in reverse order there, in ascending order. Um, There's a lot of those, like Travis Shaw, for instance, Brandon. Everybody thinks, oh, that guy's flippable. No, it's not really flippable at all. Uh, You keep going up and down the list. There's a lot of guys. I would watch a couple of schools, though. Ohio State's grabbing a lot of momentum right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oklahoma's grabbing a lot of momentum right now, kind of working themselves up the food chain a little bit. I got to have a recruiting update. I got to make sure I mention this name for for your viewership, Brandon. Hero Canoe is another guy that uh, just came off of a big visit to Oklahoma. Uh, looks like the last official visit will be to Georgia uh, for the Missouri game. That's another one that you you talk about. Would Georgia find room in the class? You most definitely believe they would find room in the class for a guy like Hero Canoe. Uh, also, Shamar James is expected to take his official to Georgia for the Missouri game as well. And Brandon, I would never would have thought, looking at that home schedule, that there would be so many yeah. optimum recruiting weekends. That's why I kind of laughed a little bit when Kirby Smart made his annual comments about Jacksonville versus uh, a rotation. Uh, Folks, the deal now, the show now is the Georgia Bulldogs. It's not so much Georgia needs an optimum opponent to come in and get everybody in the house. Georgia is generating enough buzz, enough magnetism on their own, enough gravity on their own, where that's just fine. I think that's great. I think it's
0: very well said. Let me do a couple of very quick ones here. Bob Zamblin asking about the running back situation. Jordan James, Branson Robinson, those two backs. It seems like George is very happy with his two running back commits, to the class of 2022, right?
1: Yeah, very happy. It was good to see Branson Robinson in Athens. That was his first uh, game day visit to Athens. Of course, he's the nation's number uh, three running back on the composite number one on Rivals.com. Uh, and, Man, he was iced out, Brandon. I don't know if you noticed that, man, but he looked like he looked like some of those memes I see of you on uh, on Twitter and social media, where you're all iced up and you know ready to ready to go to town or ready to go out on for a night on the town. But he was there. Branson's been bo- bothered a little bit by an Achilles injury this fall. He's missed a couple of games for Germantown. Uh, that's why I'll be so anxious to hang out with him for a little bit tomorrow uh, in Madison, uh, Mississippi, as well. Jordan James also got to mention him. He's, he took an official visit. Uh, he took his official visit to Georgia over the weekend, had another splendid time. He went up to that picture spot, which I now think is the best picture spot in Athens, up in the rafters, uh, yeah. high up in the clouds for the, a team that's ascending almost to the top of the mountain right now in college football. I find that very fitting. Uh, but Bob, to answer your question, Georgia's got two this this year they love, and they're going to get two next year that they love because they're going to go two for two in these next two years with two packs of running backs, a like I Chubb, a mean- la like Sony.
0: Very fast. Let's try to get a few more of these in, Jeff, and you're doing a great job. Appreciate that. Jamie Scott asking about the scholarship numbers for Georgia. I know there's the new rule that it gives you a chance to expand the class to make up for some of the pandemic and, and transfer stuff. Do we know yet how many Georgia can sign, how many is expected to sign?
1: I think, I think the number will be how many they can sign, and that's, yeah. going to be a, that's going to be a number that's going to move. Keywords, blue shirt, back counting, gray shirt, forward counters. Everybody's got to remember this new NCAA rule where you can replace up to seven guys on your roster Um, so we could go up to 32, up to seven guys on your roster that transfer out.
0: And we, people should know that a lot of that kind of stuff doesn't get publicly reported for a lot of reasons for the big schools, especially the Georgia, the Alabamas, there's all kinds of creative stuff that goes on scholarship counting. That's a complicated to even understand and, and b just doesn't get reported for a number of reasons. And oftentimes because the player himself chooses to keep it private.
1: Yeah, well, we would call it nuclear launch codes, especially for that when when we're at Defcon one. But uh, you know, Brandon, the other thing is there are a lot of there's, there's guys on the Georgia roster that everybody thinks are scholarship guys, mm-hmm. but are actually not on scholarship anymore, or they weren't on scholarship, or not intended to go on scholarship. So that plays with the number as well. About you know what's the actual number? We know the hard number is 85 guys on scholarship at one time, um, but you can do forward counting, back counting, blue shirting, gray shirting to kind of wiggle that number up and down to kind of fit your whims.
0: Allison Scaley says, based on the receivers we have coming back next year, who's the best complement for the receivers they could sign in 2022? Does Georgia need to get that fast guy? And if so, who is it? Does Georgia need the big guy? And if so, who is that? Of the receivers that Georgia could sign, who do you think fits in well with the receiver room that they are going to have, Allison's asking?
1: Well, in specifics to this class, there's two questions here. One is, who's Georgia going to get in the portal if they don't get what they want um, out of the 2022 class? I think right now, Georgia – has a stock body size, which is basically the same guy, about six feet, about 200 pounds. Those are the type of receivers they got right now. I think Cole Spear is the speed demon receiver. Here's what Georgia needs. Georgia needs an X that's in that 6'3 playmaker mode. I think Burden could have been that guy because his ball skills and the way he goes up and gets balls and snatches balls, his hand-eye coordination, his ability to create instant separation was so good. I think Georgia still needs an alpha receiver in this class, Brandon. And I don't know if this class is going to yield that for the Bulldogs this year.
0: Last one we'll do with you, Mike Q and Johnny Ricks at dognation.com, both bringing up Mikael Williams. I know you got a story coming up on Mikael here, but uh, a little bit of a preview. I thought it was really cool on game day on Saturday to see the M-Y-K-E-L spelled out there amongst some of the fans in attendance. Can you give us a little bit of a preview for what's coming down the pipe at dognation.com concerning uh, – pretty sizable flip that might be coming to UGA via USC?
1: Well, first of all, I'll give you a couple of good nuggets. Number one, I think Mikel Williams set the unofficial Georgia official visit record for the number of sisters he had with him on the visit. I think he had about four or five younger sisters uh, with him on the visit. Uh, One of the things uh, I will point out here, and this is nothing of Georgia's doing, Brandon, which kind of points to the momentum of the season. Remember a couple weeks back when Mikael Williams was actually the one who first saw on social media the big bear Alexander that we want bear bear Alexander signed. They were both in the front rows, and Mikael pointed out that phone, pointed out on his phone to bear. He's like, "Look, man, they do sure love them some bear." Brandon Georgia picks him up for his official visit with a car service, probably about ten o'clock, ten thirty a.m. on Saturday, coming from Columbus, and somebody, one of his coaches on the Hardaway staff sent him something on his smartphone this time. And Brandon, it was that we want Mikel uh, that showed up on game day. Georgia didn't have to do that. Just social media did its thing. And probably if we had to say what was the most impactful thing, impactful single thing uh, for Mikel Williams on his visit, that's when he's rolling up 85, trying to get to Athens on a game day. And he looks on his phone and he sees ESPN College game day. And he sees we want Mikel in the background. And for him, that was the wow, mm-hmm. eye-opening, oh-my-gosh moment. Because a week, couple weeks earlier, he was the guy pointing out, oh, man, they love them some Bear. Well, this time, he found out that Georgia fans do love them some mikel as well.
0: You love the idea of that, guys feeling at home when they take those visits to Georgia, and whether it be fans or the official efforts by the program itself, making these guys feel like they're getting that love when they come to UGA. For those of us who want to see Georgia get as many of these elite recruits as it can – Uh, That is certainly great news to be able to hear. Jeff, we took you through a lot there. I think we feel better now on the heels of the burden decision yesterday. Appreciate you and the yeoman's work that you put together for us here, and we'll look forward to getting a chance to speak to you on Friday. We'll do some version of this all again then. So it's a good time to be able to do this today, Jeff, and I certainly appreciate your time as we do it.
1: All right, guys, let me plug something, Brandon. Uh, Before the edges tonight, 8 p.m., we will have at least one special guest on that is currently committed to the University of Georgia – uh, should be some fun when we have these Dog Nation conversations live. Remember, 8 o'clock on all the Dog Nation social channels. I know this is not the velvety, syrupy tones of Brandon Adams plugging something, but 8 o'clock, Hedges, come prepare. We're going to have some fun.
0: That sounds like a great time, Jeff. I can't wait for that. We'll talk to you here on Dog Nation Daily again very soon there as well. And if we transition away from Jeff, we have now gotten pretty late here, so I'm going to do this pretty quick. We'll roll into an SEC through here. It's cruise around the SEC courtesy of our friends, At Royal Caribbean, of course, great chance to get back on the seas again. The Royal Caribbean ships, they are setting sail once again. And many of you are excited about that because you've been on Royal Caribbean cruises before. and You're ready to be back on another one again. Others of you are excited because maybe this is something you've had on your list to do and you just haven't had a chance to do it yet. This is a great time to take advantage of Royal Caribbean cruise, whether it be one of those ships that's coming out of Port Canaveral, right? Short drive from where we're sitting right now. Easy to get to. A lot of folks kind of do the thing where they'll go to Orlando maybe for a day or two and Port Canaveral is just down the road. It's got like an hour drive from Orlando. It's only a few hour drive from where I'm sitting right here in Atlanta. So it's probably the easiest, quickest port to get to. And a lot of the ships that go out of there, for instance, like Mariner of the Seas is a recently amplified uh, a ship, which means that it's been completely reimagined and new bells and whistles added things to make that an even more fun experience than it's been before. And that is uh, what's going on there. So, uh, really, really fun stuff when it comes to uh, cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. And uh, always fun to be able to tell you about that as we go cruising around the SEC here. Want to get a couple other things there as well. We may have a little bit of news. Uh-oh, we do? Oh, look at this. Just a moment ago. We just, this is pretty crazy. Uh, so, we're going to do cruise around the SEC here. But uh, this is wild. We were just talking about to Jeff's Intel about Mikel Williams. And... Um, uh, Jeff was talking about the love that Mikael felt on taking that Georgia visit, and not five seconds after we hang up the phone with Jeff or hang up the streaming video with Jeff, uh, is getting itself a gigantic commitment here in the person of Mikhail Williams. Mikhail Williams is now officially flipped from USA, USC to UGA. That goes down here as we're on the air here today. That is pretty incredible stuff, and a uh, great job by Jeff. Without maybe meaning to foreshadowing all of that Williams now a part of this 2022 class. And it's actually fortunate that we didn't have Jeff on the line when, when McHale made that decision, because otherwise that would have delayed the story getting published at dognation.com But there's obviously a lot to like about this. Uh, Williams is a terrific player. And it's also one of those things that we've seen Georgia be very good at before, you know, Kirby smart is just a pretty good chess player, right? He likes to move the pieces around the board and we have seen him in the past have the power on the heels of getting some bad recruiting news to very quickly change the headline. This is clearly another example of that. Oh, you're worried that Luther Burden may have thrown a hat? Well, how about a five-star flip from USC? How about a big-time defensive lineman like Mikael Williams? Does that change the story quickly enough for you? Does that change the story well enough for you? Uh, that is uh, really pretty good stuff all the way around there. So, man, that, that, is, that is fun when it comes to Mikael Williams. And now talking about anything from a – from an SEC standpoint, seems a, a little bit passe, seems kind of beside the point. So when we do this, I had a couple of SEC stories I was going to get to, and we'll just save those for tomorrow and kind of bask here for a moment in the idea that Georgia has added Mikael Williams officially to the class of 2022 while we're on air right now. Big thanks to Royal Cribbon for allowing us, allowing us to cruise around the SEC each and every day and just incredible stuff right there. The dogs add Mikhail Williams. You better believe. Of course, the next couple of days here on Dog Nation Daily, we'll have plenty to talk about there on that massive, massive commitment. Not necessarily the world's biggest surprise. Seems like Mikael Williams had been trending this direction for UGA for quite some time, but still, plenty of reason to celebrate this. What an addition this is in the person of Mikhail Williams, now officially a part of Georgia's 2022 class. Boy, I uh, I really like that all the way around. A couple of other notes to give you here for a moment. Uh, today, 3 p.m. Eastern time, there will be no SEC Country Live. The honest truth is, you know, just to be completely candid, doing Dog Nation daily in kind of a makeshift fashion like this is not my favorite thing to do, in the transition of the new studio, doing the show that way for SEC Country Live, was going to be a little bit of a pain. So what we're going to do is, and I'll put a video out on Facebook for the folks who may miss this, obviously for the folks around the rest of the SEC who tune in and watch just to let them know that we're debuting a brand-new studio. SEC Country Live will be back next week. But for today, we are going to uh, take the week off on SEC Country Live as those finishing touches get put on our brand-new studio. So I want to let you know this today. Pass the word around to folks you might know. I'll put the video message out on Facebook to see us again the following Wednesday, and we'll have a big run through the month of November on all of that. But uh, today, no SEC Country Live. So just want to make you aware of that. Also, something else to make you aware of here just for a moment. I told you this yesterday. There's a really fun tailgate experience happening before the Georgia-Florida game next Saturday. The website to find more about this is gtepresents.com. That's gtepresents. A lot of you are looking for that tailgate experience with the food taken care of, the, the beverages taken care of, the chance to have a cool place to sit and relax and enjoy the festivities in true cocktail party fashion. Uh, This is a really fun tailgate experience. And the website to find more about this is gtepresents.com. Obviously you see on the screen there an image uh, that you'll find when you go to the website and you can get in there and learn more about it. When you use the promo code dog nation, you're going to get big savings as well. $20 off your ticket. So gtepresents.com and uh, $20 off your ticket. When you use the promo code dog nation, fun tailgate experience next Saturday in Jacksonville getting ready for the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Of course, our friends that finish Long Drink, uh, so much fun to think about when you start thinking about tailgates there too. So find them online, thelongdrink.com. And you can check out the four different varieties, whether it be the traditional, which comes in the blue can, whether it be the, the long drink strong and the black can, eight and a half percent alcohol by volume, uh, long drink cranberry, the long drink zero. So many of the folks that uh, watch us, listen to us each and every day, have told us how much they're loving the Finnish long drink right now. Great story. Comes from Finland in the 1950s in America now and all across the state of Georgia. And really, they've been blowing up in Georgia there as well. Golf courses, bars, beverage stores, so many different places around you to check out the Finnish long drink. So find out more at longdrink.com and you can figure out where you can pick yourself some up. So on the heels of Georgia, getting some good news a moment ago with Mikhail Williams. Let's get ready to bounce out of here today, and um, I will give you a couple of uh, of golden shoes here for a moment, and we will uh, obviously have a, have a good time with all of this as we get ready to bounce out here. Obviously, a little bit of a difficult transition for me on all of that, but uh, first of all, let me do this uh, really cool golden shoe coming the uh, way of, is it Pablo that shared this with me? Yeah, Pablo shares this with me. He says, this is going to be a golden shoe award. It's uh, Brian who says Tennessee took that that NIL stuff to a new level, and it's a Tennessee football player wearing a French's mustard shirt. This is really pretty funny of obviously making fun of the fact that somebody threw that mustard bottle at the Ole Miss game last Saturday. Uh, Pablo having some fun with that. P. White 10 on Twitter uh, sharing uh, Brian's tweet, Augusta Bulldog's tweet, of the Tennessee fan wearing the uh, French's mustard jersey as a – as a little bit of an NIL thing. That's uh, really pretty funny stuff. Also, folks continue to have fun with the hashtag JD to NYC. Uh, These tweets continue to blow up. And, folks, it's working. The attention that Georgia fans, by using that hashtag, are giving for Jordan Davis is getting him talked about on ESPN. Believe it or not, now think about this for a moment. ESPN stopped talking about LeBron James for five seconds so they could talk about Jordan Davis you know how hard that is to get them to stop talking about LeBron James for any length of time? And for five seconds, they stopped talking about LeBron James. They weren't talking about Little Bronny James. They weren't talking about LeBron at all. They started talking Jordan Davis on ESPN television this morning. And the reason why is because they see so many folks using the hashtag JDNYC. That makes me very, very happy. And our buddy uh, Barkalot, who's so good at this stuff on Twitter, you'll remember the other day that Kirby Smart said that Jordan Davis was Godzilla-like. Well, Barkalot gives us a cool image here. It says, Godzilla's coming to Jacksonville. You see Jordan Davis and all the uh, fire coming out of the uh, mouth there. And Barkalot says that it's frightening and terrifying. He's coming. And If you wear jorts, orange or blue, there's really nothing you can do. Godzilla is coming. Hashtag JD to NYC. A terrific, terrific golden shoe winner there for sure. Of course, we appreciate all of you being here for Dog Nation Daily here today and remind you that our Gator Hater Countdown, 10 days from now, dogs go to Jacksonville and get some revenge with Godzilla and everybody else on those lousy stinking gators. I can't wait for that. I know you feel the same way and we'll see you back here tomorrow on dog nation daily.